Hello, it is Wednesday, May 19th. Big show, hey, big show today. Jet Passing, hey, how you doing? Welcome back, pal. Good to chat with you, Corey Graves, AJ Hawk. There's some news breaking. Wow. Let's have a Wednesday. If you enjoy this thing by the end of it, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Let's get to it, Ty. And the Pittsburgh Penguins are back. Uh, yesterday, I got real excited. I had a boy in the back. There's the Pens fans. Uh, Evan Fox, which... Uh, literally broke things in the office yesterday on Hammer Don when he decided to make his foxy lock as a Pittsburgh Penguin bet. Um, that a boy, Jay. Baby Jay. Jay. Jay's, all, Jay's all excited about the Pens yeah, last night as well. Jay doesn't know what he did. Me neither, Jay. But I do know that the Pittsburgh Penguins beat the dog shit out of the New York Islanders last yeah. night. And when I say beat the dog shit out of, I mean we got to win. Okay, <laughs> we got to win. We got beat up physically in that in that game. I, I'm gonna be honest. Oh. Okay, but I do like that our team, our entire team, Sidney Crosby included, have become a bunch of little pests. Like, hey, we are not scared. There's a guy named Tanev on our team. Did I know he existed before just a few nights ago? Maybe not. But I do know. <laughs> fucking love the guy. Mm-hmm. He flies around. He's causing a bunch of shit. Getting into fights called somebody a coward and told him to go fuck themselves last night. I love this team. I like what's going on. And Tristan Jari, the goalie, that, you know, in game one, forgot how to stop pucks, which means he forgot how to play goalie, which, which means he forgot how to do what he gets paid to do completely. He gives a four little cake, five cake ones we lose. And I thought this guy was dead. Mark Madden came on the show and said, in a team sport, it is hard to blame one person for a loss. But Tristan Jari was the only reason the Penguins lost game one in the playoffs in a hockey town, by the way, in Pittsburgh. I assume Tristan Jari had to look in that locker room. I've been there before where you let down your entire team. You let down your teammates. You go in there. You say, hey, listen, I am so sorry. There's emotions. You feel terrible. You can't sleep. You hear and see what everybody's saying about you. Tristan Jari, just two nights later after getting buried, I bet you he would have wanted to play the next night if he could have. He came out, stopped 37 to 38. Fucking welcome back. Tristan's a stud. That takes some type of mental toughness that I'm not sure a lot of humans uh, that have walked through this earth have. That is very difficult to do, especially for the goalie position, but here we are. The Pittsburgh Penguins is going to win in five. We all knew this all along. Sidney Crosby proved yet again he's the greatest hockey player of all time. Now, he didn't score, okay? His line didn't maybe produce as much as I wish they would have because there was a bet for him to score and the Pens to win. The Pens did win. He didn't score. That would have cashed in for all of us at a plus 300 payday. How you doing? Three times the money. He didn't score. I don't know why he wasn't on the penalty kill at the very end of the whole game there uh, when they had a two-man advantage because I think he could have stole one maybe with the empty net because they were had an empty net at three minutes and 30 left because they were losing or whatever. Uh, But at one point in the game last night, Sidney fucking Crosby jumped over Tristan Jari, who had a great game. Welcome back, Tristan. Hey, welcome game. back. Jumps over Tristan Jari, takes his stick and blocks a fucking like little snapshot to mm-hmm. it. It wasn't just like a lob. It was going in. He blocks it. Now, if you watch the replay uh, close enough, you would say to yourself, there's a chance that that was Sidney Crosby that blocked it. It It was written off as it hit the post. Okay, it was written off as the the puck hit the post and it went out there. There was no real 
fuss made about it by the NHL, which proves yet again the NHL has fucked Sidney Crosby <laughs> since the day he came in to the league. He should have been on national television every single night. The world should know who Sidney Crosby is. Sidney Crosby was touted as the LeBron James of hockey when he came into the NHL and has lived up to the hype perfectly. Just like LeBron has, by the way. LeBron, no off-the-court shit. He's actually been a leader, a mentor. He's won. He's made a, a massive amounts of money. There's people that hate him. That's going to happen. Sidney Crosby, same damn thing, by the way. It, just in the hockey world, nobody knows he exists except for in these hockey towns. Last night, he jumps over a goalie, saves a goal. They win by one. Nothing is said by the NHL. Sidney Crosby deserves more respect. So do the Penguins. A team that also might go on a run, the Boston Bruins. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, NHL playoffs are here. Yeah. I, this is I forgot how exciting of a time this is. So last night, obviously, Marc-Andre Fleury ended the entire night of hockey with a dub Incredible and trying game. to score. Oh, yeah. Okay, I think he might have been reminded uh, of the $100,000 agreement we mm -hmm. have made if he scores this season. Now... FanDuel put a bet up at plus 25,000 or something like that for him to score during the season. That, that doesn't oh, account. That post playoffs. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so because I do believe that one has disappeared from my uh, pending bets or current mm. bets or whatever. So if he was to just hold out all season knowing that there was a chance I was going to make like $25,000 of this off of a bet or whatever, and he's like, uh, let's wait for him to not be able to win any of this back. Let's wait for the playoffs. Wow. I absolutely love him even more, but I love – I love the NHL playoffs. I completely forgot about it. And I thought we were in a dead period. We are not at all, especially when the Penguins are winning. America loves that. Isn't that right, at Boston? Yeah, I don't know if America loves yeah, it, but yeah. Pittsburgh last and night, Pennsylvania last do. Last night, I got a lot of tweets from people. Never watch hockey in my life. Watching the Penguins tonight with you guys. Go Pens. Go Pens. Yeah, but those same people are going to say the same thing about the Bruins tonight. When we win 4 nothing. that correct score that you had for the Pens last night, that's going to be the Bruins score tonight. And we're waiting for Pittsburgh in the second round. We're going to crush you guys. Now you're Okay, yeah, that's not going to happen. But I do like the fact that that could happen. Oh, yeah. And I think that is why hockey is such a wonderful thing. Uh, last night also playing games for uh, basketball in mm -hmm. the NBA. The Pacers are super boost in Indiana. A lot of people oh. told me it was going to be impossible to win. Huh. You had LaMelo Ball coming into town from Charlotte with the Hornets. Everybody on the Pacers team was questionable or injured. It came out via a tweet long after we all locked in the Pacers to win because this is Indiana in May. That's what happens in Indiana in May, people win things. So I knew the playing game was going to be a winner. Okay, I got a little question because I didn't know any of the players on the team. All right. Of course. I don't know any of these guys. I have never met them. I, I hope to. Hey, yeah. new team, COVID, can't see them, didn't go. You know, the whole thing. I don't have any clue who any of these guys are. Yeah. Nope. Brand new team out here, by the way. I knew TJ McConnell's on team. He's super yinzer, gritty, tough guy. Yeah. He's going to play well. A little I know, the Foxy, the jacked Foxy guy. Yeah. The, uh, the taller. Sabonis. Uh, Sabonis. Uh, Better basketball player, but yeah. nowhere near the creative genius that is Evan Foxy. Cooler beard, though. Yeah, we, who? Sabonis. Ah. Just because the body and the face it's on? Or? Well, I, I just think uh, probably because the body and the face. Yeah, 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 yeah I see. Mm -hmm. We're going to be able to judge each individual. I think the beard, actually, Foxy's, Foxy's got a pretty good Foxy's beard. beard. I need a lineup, too. This doesn't look good right now. His oh, is faded so in. Oh, he's self-handicapping. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's right. He's just smart. You don't even know what you're doing right you now, dude, but you're doing it. 
Anyways, <laughs> that guy won ham. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was on, like, questionable, I think, before the game. He won crazy. The Pacers win. It was really nice to get a couple big wins over there on FanDuel Sportsbook. Anytime we can rake money from them, we love it, which is why uh, we have to, in good faith, tell you to watch Hammer Don every day, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, YouTube.com forward slash Hammer Don, D-A-H-N. Uh, yesterday there was a fight yeah. over how passionate the NHL playoffs are. Still sore. Foxy chose... Uh, to bet on the Penguins, and everybody who listens to this show knows that Foxy is documented one of the worst gamblers in the history of gambling. Yeah, bar none. But since he's so bad at gambling, it's actually good because you know to hashtag fade Foxy. Foxy. So me, as friend of Foxy, and, you know... I mean, boss, so like to keep motivated, you know, and, and inspired and happy and things like that. Mm-hmm. As the entire world was telling him how big of a piece of shit he was <laughs> for all of his picks going wrong. And as the entire world was turning against Foxy and hashtag fade Foxy was trending in different states around the country at yeah. one point during the fall season. Mm-hmm. I stayed on Foxy's side. Okay. I said, Foxy, I don't believe in curses. I just think your next pick's your best pick, pal. Now, whenever he went... Five and 25 or seven and 20. People forget those are expensive days. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I lost tens of thousands of dollars because of the Foxy uh, train that I was on that was running me right into loss after loss. But everybody else was making money. And I felt like, hey, hey, Foxy, I'm an ally. You know what I mean? I'm an ally. Of course. And Foxy experienced that. That with me, you know, because he would actually come up to me. I am so sorry we're losing. Yeah, you know, I, I, I am. I am so. I, I, you have to stop doing what you're doing. You were the only one. I was the only person that was. Better. So yesterday, when he decides to come out of his cave mm-hmm. to uh-huh. get back into the locks game, he comes flying. You know. It's the fucking Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> They're the best player. I'm like, I wasn't even in the room. I was on a call outside. I hear this whole thing. There's a commotion immediately from the Pittsburgh guys who, remember, Foxy joined the Steelers yeah, week the 12. They lost yeah. every game after Man. that once he became a Steelers fan because yeah. that's how the Foxy train is. That's why hashtag fade Foxy <laughs> is so goddamn good because of how bad he is. Yeah. That's right. So when he decided to come out of his terrible pick hibernation and fucking pop out of the cave like Jesus, sit his ass down on this seat right here and proclaim the Pittsburgh Penguins as his most recent lock. I hung up on somebody. (laughs) I walked in here and I just asked him why. Like why why I thought we had a good thing. I've, this kid Foxy, he's a man now but he has grown from a kid. Mm -hmm. He has sitting, sitting, seated (laughs) yeah at tables with billionaires, okay? He has heard conversations about things that he should never have been privy to. I shouldn't have been privy to the conversations I was in. Foxy definitely shouldn't have been in the conversations I was in. He's walked into rooms that humans only dream of walking in. And I think it's a great, he's earned it, by the way. Mm -hmm. He's absolutely earned it. But he's gotten to do a lot of cool things. For him just to come swinging his nuts out of that cave, that hibernation, and just rub them all over the only team that he knows that I absolutely love was absolutely uncalled for. And it actually started, uh, you know, a series of chaos kind of through the... Connor lost his plant. It's horse shit. Connor picked up. I didn't even know he had a plant, by the way, if you're watching or listening. Connor, that's how you, bad it stunk. Whoa. Well, Whoa. Listen, Whoa. That, that's Whoa. what I'm saying. You two need to. Come yeah. on. So Watch. Nick grabs his plant, 
slams it on the ground. The pot shatters. Mm-hmm. It was a cacti, by the way. Uh-huh. It was a cactus. Mm-hmm. And that thing shatters. So now Connor is not in the room. He's now dragged into it. He wants the Penguins to lose, too. So he's kind of happy about what Foxy did. But what happened with the fucking cactus is now a heartbreaker. Yeah, personal. Up. They got into an actual scrap. Punches yeah. were yeah. thrown yeah. right here. Gumpy's face was in between two men that were kind of fighting with each uh-huh. other. And then you leave, and the Pens win. So Foxy, maybe the Foxy train is a hot one. Yeah, that was big. Back on track. Foxy, back. I'm still sore from those punches Nick was throwing. He was not messing around at all. He was not. Yeah, like you were. That's because you fake like that plant. Nick I don't actually oh, love. Hey, I, I love that. No, no, I've you kept fake, it on th- here. That's why he was throwing actual punches. He. That's actual love for the Penguins, and it's your bullshit fake, fake ass. Like for that plant. Hey, if I didn't like it, I wouldn't have came in here and put my body. Did you on even the line. know that that plant was here? Uh, you know, I hadn't seen it in a while. To yeah. be honest, I kind of forgot talked about, about it. Kind of forgot even know about it, was it. Here either. It's never left. It's been there the whole time. It's a staple of this. De- it was, excuse me, a staple of this desk. And now I got to go back out and find a new cactus. And I don't want to do that. Yeah, but like, there's a lot of staples to my desk. Exactly. If one of them was slammed, like I'm not fighting somebody over. You were fake fighting. He was actually fighting. <laughs> I mean, if someone he came was, in here and smashed that. Bob Ross little thing. You don't think you'd come in here and be rip shit about it? You're right. Nobody would do that to the Bob Ross thing, though. Yeah. Your, your plant did look like a Yeah, Bob Ross is awesome. No yeah. one would even think about doing that. I yeah. didn't even want to fight Connor. I just had to imagine he was foxy as I was pounding his face in. <laughs> Good scrap, boy. It's hard to listen to you for about 48 hours yeah. talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins yeah. and then not pick the Pittsburgh Penguins, especially on Sunday. You were so sad, and I just sat there, and Bro. Monday you came in hot, and I'm like, there's no chance that they lose again, so I had to make it my lock. I'm sitting there. You know, lots going on. WrestleMania backlash is on in a few hours. There's a lot of humans moving around. Okay, I'm seeing a lot of things. I'm watching that goddamn game on my phone. Corey Graves, by the way, who will be joining us in, uh, I think, like an hour and 20 minutes or something. He was at the game last night. He was watching it on his phone. He was in the middle of much more important things than than me, for sure, you know, because he's... You know, much higher up at the WWE when it comes to everything, intelligence, skill level, and handsomeness, everything, basically. Uh, connections, knowledge, every, you know, basically everything. Right. So he's, you hear both of us whenever some go! You hear like Shit. random yells through the Thunderdome. And then as soon as that game's over, I think you, you see him just put it in his pocket and just do his thing. And me, I'm just sitting there. Foxy comes over with a camera right in my face and goes, what happened? And I'm like, "Get the, hey, fuck you, Foxy. Get out of here. All right, yeah. Now's not the time. Yeah. But Tristan Jari let him down. Now we're back. I'm excited to be here. I can't believe you tried to ruin the Pittsburgh Penguins' dominance, which is inevitable, right to Lord Stanley's Cup, where they're going to be drinking brujas on the south side of Pittsburgh, where they will keep their head on a swivel. Yeah. Once again. And lucky for the Bruins. Foxy's never won two bets in a row, and he already told me he's taking the caps tonight. Okay. Awesome. That's great news. Uh, I'm not going to bet alongside of him there. Let's uh, let's move along to some things that are happening. We have a guest joining us in about eight minutes that people you know, are going to be pumped his back, I think. At Ty Schmidt. I, I, now, I did purposely leave you kind of out of that conversation for one reason and one reason alone. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw last night while the uh, the playing games were happening in the NBA. Shout out to the Pacers, congrats! Shout out to the Celtics, 150 yeah. points. Shout out to the yeah, they scored 150 points. Uh, good defense on that Hornets team. <laughs> Lamelo Lamelo wanted to get to the offseason. Uh-huh. Yeah, huh? He's passed. 
somebody on the Pacers, and once again, we don't know any of their names aside from TJ McConnell, and now uh, Doug McDermott. Uh, no, Sabonis. Oh, yeah. Sabonis. Sabonis. Uh, there's a couple now that I'm big fans of, and I'm very thankful that they they played the work. Somebody on the team was actually running back after a possession, after scoring, and screaming, "Get these bum ass!" Off of this court. Yeah. And the Hornets just had to eat that. Yeah. I, see, I never understood how, and I guess this happens in numerous sports, but it seemed like they mailed it in. It, it, uh-huh. it seemed like they mailed it in. I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, a, a super NBA savant, but it seemed like they mailed it in a little bit. Oh, yeah. And you could see how, you know, the easy trend would be like, oh, LaMelo's looking to get back to L.A. All right, he's looking for the offseason. He's going to go do awesome. I assume the content he's going to make is about to be yeah. next level. Huge. I mean, he's going – that's what everybody thinks. But I don't know if that's how you'd want to go into your offseason. I never understood how that would be how you want to go. And also, there's no way that's what LaMelo was doing because he knows that in the playoffs, that's where – that's where NBA players get famous. Yeah, because everything's on primetime TV. Those are the moments that are talked about forever. That's it's not really, and this sounds bad, but to watch the Penguins, it's difficult during a regular season because they're not on out here ever. But playoffs, everything's national TV. Right. It's like okay, here we go. Consider the NBA is the same damn thing. Mm-hmm. It feels like if you are looking to you know continue dominance of the world both on the court and digital wise, it feels like you would want to be in the primetime games, but maybe he's like, our team stinks. We ain't ever going to go anywhere. I'm going to lose four straight. We lose one. How do we get out of here? Who knows? And maybe he did try, and they just stunk, and the Pacers is that good. Maybe we should have been fans for a long time. But while that was happening, the NHL happened, and Pens are back. There was also another thing that happened in sports world, Ty. Yeah. Shohei Otani hit another home run last night. Wow. Okay, so yesterday I was attacked, okay, by the baseball community. Huh. Here's a perfect example of people that don't know baseball versus people that do know baseball. I assume they were talking about me as the do not know baseball because oh. these people did have a few thousand uh, and they had a baseball podcast and they loved baseball. So I, I kind of got the hint that they were not on my side of Otani <laughs> being the best baseball player of all time. And Ty was speaking for the baseball community is what they were. They were like thankful that there was a, a cooler head in the room is what they were saying. So everybody was attacking me for saying he's nowhere. He hasn't even completed a full season yet. He's nowhere near like 700 home runs, which I guess is what Babe Ruth is. Babe Ruth have uh, 700. Yeah, he hit a lot. I mean, but he, he was just, Babe Ruth a pitcher? I, I mean, early in his career. Oh, yeah. yeah. For the Sox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was he good? Dominant. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Oh, very yeah. good. And then he moved to outfield. Right. Being which is potentially going to happen to Shohei Otani. Kind of what he's doing right now, yeah. So we're watching the next Babe Ruth live in person, okay? <laughs> and these motherfuckers are telling me that I am, I have no idea what I'm talking about or anything like that. He's going to finish his season. He's going to lead the league in homers. And now that Mike Trout's out, okay? Yeah. He's going to get the better athletic trainers. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Because he, I mean, he's got the MVP allegedly in his, in his, wait till that team becomes Otani's team. Now, I love Mike Trout. This is not a shot at Mike Trout, but boy, there was a lot of shots at me for my takes on Otani when Mike Trout was on the team about Mike Trout. So I'm not going to bury Mike Trout to put up Otani, but now Otani's got an entire organization on his back, which is exactly the type of player he is. He pitches, he hits, he'll fucking give you water if you need Mm -hmm. it. This is the best baseball player of all time. After last night's home run and this consistent dominance we have had here, since him getting Tommy on, yeah. Only makes him better, by the way. Rookie of the year. 
It only gets better. Yeah, stronger arm. Yeah, your arm gets faster. Everything gets stronger. More vulnerable too. No, no, oh, no, no, oh. no, 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 no. Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger got Tommy on, came back and won eleven straight games or whatever. But a different sport, obviously. He, we might be only seeing him get better and better. I and hope better. so. What if that continues to go? How, what about all these freezing cold takes from the baseball community that said like, whoa, 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 this guy ain't gonna make it. He's not gonna survive. Are you guys scared at all, or is this like a Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor situation where Floyd? Knew Connor wasn't going to be able to get into the deep end. Is that what you guys are thinking? No, I don't think so. I mean, if you're, you can't deny his talent. Obviously. Okay, okay. I most mean, talented player of all time. He could be potentially. Well, I mean, well, so I need to reword my shit then. He's the most talented baseball player of all time. I mean, yeah, you can put like on on one hand, you know. I mean, he he's the pretty much the only guy you want to go into Babe Ruth who can you know pitch and he's still throwing a hundred miles an hour starting. I mean, you know, like he he's been dominant, but he hasn't pitched very many games he has you know he's, he's got the injury history like and now he's really gonna have to put the team on his back so like if he does ascend in the what eighth, does that mean that Mike so Mike Trout got hurt last night he'll be out for a bit so now for those of us that maybe you know we know baseball inside and out and we have to potentially explain it to somebody who doesn't you know like mm-hmm. somebody's what does that mean that Mike Trout is now out isn't it just pitcher versus batter batter versus pitcher and he's the batter and he is the pitcher why does it matter with what Mike Trout is doing I mean yeah you know like guys are still going to make mistakes and he'll still hit the home runs cuz he's stronger than hell obviously I mean he's he's unbelievable at the plate too but like Trout kind of protects him a little bit he's by far the best hitter in their lineup now so like pitchers are going to start to like pitch around him a little bit he's uh, not going to see as many good pitches uh, I mean we'll see and, why is that so they, they'll so for instance with Trout in the lineup they everybody scared to death of him so Mike Trout doesn't see any clean pitches other people might though why is that just because I mean you know who's doing the damage in the lineup like you can go right at some guys because you don't know but like a guy like trout like he's he's not going to see as many good pitches you know like people are going to be okay walking him because if you Uh, do like kind of go after him and try to get him like i mean shit you see what otani does he hits it fucking 800 feet and you can't do that to like four guys exactly you can't do that you got kind of like pick and choose who you can strategically go after so mike trout being there was almost like another wide receiver that was taking away the coverage that they could potentially throw bingo otani doesn't care i mean throw throw that thing uh you know paint whatever corner you want to paint he's coming out with a bigger brush i I think to your point like at some point you should just like he should just play either outfield or like you know he's dh'ing right now because pitching if he's only throwing like five innings like that they're just i mean they're just burning him out like he can't be dominant enough to make that big of an impact if he's playing every single day hitting and like playing in the outfield like he might hit 800 home runs joining us now is a man who is considered the voice of baseball for a generation yep okay this guy had quite a come up I mean, on ESPN. Big time. I mean, very quickly. He came in with the hair. He came in with the knowledge. He was able to explain a sport that has lost its luster completely in a fashion that was insightful and entertaining. I enjoyed my conversations with him. I can't wait to chat with him about this whole thing because I've been entrenched in battle with the baseball community over Shohei Otani. Ladies and gentlemen, ESPN's Jet Pass. Jet. It is so good to be back and to hear those absolutely awful takes about Shohei Otani playing one position. What the hell are 
are you talking about? Who's he talking about? He's got about? a 210 ERA pitching. He's leading baseball in home runs. Let him do both. Let Please. him play. Let him play. Let him play. That's fine. Let him play. Let him play. Let him play. Hey, you know, when he needs Tommy John again and he fucking ruins it, you know, come back and then, then be oh, chanting, let him play. Oh, oh, that Tommy oh, John on. again. You can take this Tommy John and shove it where the sun don't shine. Yeah. Get out of here with that guy. Yeah. I think he was talking about, you know, ass. I think he was too. <laughs> um, hey, Jet, Jet, can we talk about this? Because, you know, I, I have played professionally. You've seen my thing on that one website. That is legit. Um, yeah, you were great. But aside from that, growing up in Pittsburgh, that city is not just pumping out massive baseball fans. Okay, like the Pittsburgh Pirates are not a team that is, you know, in the city. Everybody, I want to be like that. You know, it's not really, especially mm-hmm. with the Penguins around and the Steelers around. It's just there are fans of the Pirates, but you get it. So there's an unwritten rule thing I would like to talk to you about with. Uh, uh, Tony La Russa burying his own player or whatever. We will talk about that at some point, the unwritten rules. I don't really understand that. But I think the part that I'm confused by, and, and it feels like you might be on my side here, has anybody fucking done what this guy has, is doing right now? And why why is it not being talked about as, like, the greatest thing to ever happen to baseball is this guy? Is it because their team stinks? And how does their team stink if the favorite for the MVP, Mike Trout, is on the team, and this guy is on the team. Why do they stink? How do they stink? And is this the greatest thing to ever happen to baseball? And will there be more, you think? Okay, let's try and go bit by bit here. This has been done. The last guy to do it was somebody named Babe Ruth. I think you've probably heard of him. Yeah, we talk about so that, yeah. it, it's <laughs> been 100 years since we've seen somebody who's been as good on both sides of the baseball. The next and, and Pat, I, I was trying, you know, I know this is a football audience mainly on this show, so I was trying to come up with the best possible comparison for what Shohei Otani's doing. And I think I got a good one, actually. Okay. We'll Imagine you had a player who is Justin Herbert, except he can also rush on the defensive side of the ball, like T.J. Watt, or T.J. Watt, who can play quarterback like Justin Herbert. And the reason that I'm making those comparisons, the closest thing to a dominant pitcher to me is a quarterback. If you're a starting pitcher, you have control of the game. You have the ability to take over a game just like a quarterback does. And Shohei Otani, even though he hasn't been pitching deep into games, even though he hasn't been going... Uh, you know, more than once a week on the mound. The fact is, he's still out there, and when he's out there, he's got all the potential in the world, and he looks really good right now. That was Justin Herbert last year. Uh, When it comes to T.J. Watt, I wanted to look at a guy who wasn't one-dimensional necessarily, but has power, has the ability to change the game with one hit, to come off the edge, to crush a quarterback, to cause a fumble, to to zone blitz and drop back and make a pick. That's what Otani does. His home runs, his power is not unparalleled in baseball, but it's right up there. So if you can imagine having a franchise-type quarterback who also plays defensive end or a defensive end who's also an elite quarterback – that's what Otani's doing right now, and that's why it is so incredible and should be a bigger story than it is. So he's the greatest baseball player of all time? No. And here's why. How well? Two well, well Come on, Jet. <laughs> Jet, you just said he was. 
You literally just said he's the next Babe Ruth. Is Babe is the is the the Bambino not the greatest player of all time? This is the next one. He's younger. He hits the ball he, further. He throws the ball. He faster. is Pat, and, and the reason that Babe Ruth is the greatest of all time is because he did it for more than a month and a half. Oh, come on! <laughs> Listen, I want to crown him. Okay, that's what I know you to want to crown him. Now I'm not crowning him yet. Is there any chance this lasts? Is there any chance this lasts? Because it feels like so in. To make a, because there are uh, boxing fans that listen to this show. Yeah. To make a boxing comparison, you know, I had to think about this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it would be like uh, what the baseball fans great. are saying to me. So when Conor McGregor uh, signed up for boxing, okay, against Floyd Mayweather, at that point, I was a massive Conor McGregor fan. Okay, massive. I'm like, this dude is, it. I mean, he cuts promos, he wins, he gets it, he understands the business. Like, he's Ric Flair in fighting. I mean, this, is, this guy is absolutely incredible so if if he was signing up to go box i had faith i'm like all right if he's not putting himself out there to get beat so i put a rather large bet on him to beat floyd mayweather in boxing just like what the baseball community has done to me here recently about this shohei otani the boxing community came after me heavy and they're basically like you're an idiot you're an absolute idiot waste of your money send me that money instead of doing what you're doing right there you're so dumb he'll never be able to last he'll never be able or less and then like the first round comes out he looks good second round third round fourth round fifth round i'm like these motherfuckers don't know connor connor's different <laughs> yeah. seventh round eighth round ninth round ten it's like hey these motherfuckers don't know connor he is different and then all of a sudden it it happened I mean, yeah. it, he was absolutely dead and floyd has been doing this his entire life it was like i don't know how connor got to that level of fitness to make it that far nobody thought he was going to make it that far but he was able to and then Floyd just beat the hell out of him I was like okay this is the game we're playing here it feels like that's what baseball people are saying to me it feels like that's what you just said to me as well there's no chance he's going to be able to continue this long no time. no 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 I didn't say I, I'm not saying that it's hard it, it, it is really hard and the reason we know it's hard Pat is because there have been players who have had two-way talent like this before who have tried and just have not been able to do it this is the closest the players come to being a genuine two-way player like I said in a century. And so it, it is a difficult thing to maintain, but I actually have faith that he's going to do it right now. I think it's taken it a few years. Remember, the, the Shohei Otani story, we have to rewind a little bit, and it's incredible what he did. He had to play in Japan for like four more years, and he could have come to the United States four and been paid 200, 250, $300 million. Instead, he said, I want to challenge myself at 23 go to the best league in the world, and I'm going to get paid $2.3 million for it. He took 1% of what he was worth for the opportunity to come here and try and do this. And it's taken a few years. It has taken a Tommy John surgery. But I think he's in that place right now where he is comfortable, he is fit, and he can actually do this and sustain it. And I don't know if it's going to be a 10-year thing, but sustain it for a few years and show the world what he can be. Uh, Sign me up. Wrench. Thank you. Atta boy. Let's get to some old timers talking baseball. Can we do that? <laughs> Tony Larusa comes out. I appreciate your take on uh, Otani, by the way. I will take it as if it's my thoughts, uh, and that'll kind of be how I view it going forward. It's going to be hard, but he could do it. Um, now, let's talk about 3 0 pitches. Position player pitching, throwing a 48 mile iron meatball, and a rookie in the MLB. Goes ahead and says, oh, 
They keep track of stats, don't they? They, they? they keep track of how many home runs I'm going to have. I don't care if we're up 45 to nothing. If somebody's going to throw me the, the lob from rookie of the year, I'm going to eat that thing. He takes it yard. How you doing? We hit a home run. Ninth inning. It was over. The game's over. 3-0. Not the pitcher. Uh, I think it's awesome. I'll go get it. Uh, that's what people are watching anyways. They're not watching for 48-mile-an-hour strikes, all right? So I think that's disrespectful <laughs> to the fucking game if that was to happen. But now Tony La Russa, his, his manager comes out and said, he made a mistake. There will be a consequence. He has to endure here within our family. The fact that he's a rookie and excited helps explain why. He was just clueless, and uh, but now he's got a clue. Says, Tony, this comes after they pitch behind him in the next game to kind of the baseball send a warning. Trevor Bauer, Power comes out and says, if you don't like this happening, happening pitch better dear hitters if you had a 3-0 homer off me i will not consider it a crime dear people who are still mad about a hitter hitting kindly get out of the game can't believe we're still talking about 3-0 swings if you don't like it managers or pitchers just be better this is the highest paid pitcher in baseball i believe at this point he has really been at the forefront of saying like hey all these stigma pitcher overreaction drama shit is is it's done it's a thing of the past jet your thoughts on this and tony la russa feeling like he had to answer the most interesting part of tony la russa's comments to me beyond calling his player clueless which is something you generally don't do publicly um (laughs) was after the game when he talked about sportsmanship and he talked about respecting the game when i watch baseball i see sportsmanship as trying your hardest at all times. And I see respecting the game as not bowing down to a 47 mile per hour pitch. I see sportsmanship like Tony La Russa is talking about it for nine-year-olds. If nine-year-olds don't want to run up the score on each other, that is a-okay. If big league players who are making millions of dollars want to go out and try and ply their craft in the most amazing way possible, let them do it. You want to talk about disrespecting the game, Pat? How about putting a guy, a big old thick boy catcher out there throwing 47 miles an hour? Your mean Mercedes is sitting there looking like the guy from Rookie of the Year who's just licking his lips at the ball floating in the air, only he hit it 420 feet. And oh, you're saying a guy you know, to, to call your mean Mercedes, by the way, wow. a rookie, I think it, technically he is. This is disrespectful to a guy who at 28 years old has been grinding his entire career for this moment. I didn't know that. Who may, yeah. Who may have. He is he is a an extraordinarily popular figure down in the Dominican Republic because he, too, is a thick boy who loves hitting tanks and running slow around the bases and just loving it. Look at that. Look at that body. Yeah. Yeah, he's big. He was a absolute. By the way, makes it even better that he's just a an he is a tank, and that ball just comes floating in. It looked like B, it looked like a home run derby yeah. BP, and he hit it exactly how. Yeah, it was awesome. It was absolutely <laughs> awesome. Uh, the one right there. Yeah, Ty, what do you have? Jet, do you see uh, a lot like any teams being really aggressive around the trade <laughs> deadline this year? Because the Yankees uh, have kind of stunk so far, and you know, like I hope Otani continues yeah, to, to play well and everything. 
thing. Uh, so the Yankees can offer him $500 million in a couple of years. But, like, is there any teams out there now that COVID's kind of done that are, like, going to be really aggressive at the trade deadline? I think the, the problem right now is there aren't any great teams in baseball. Like, I thought the Dodgers were going to be that team. And they've had some injuries, and they may need to go out and get help. There aren't any great teams right now. Oh, there aren't Pirates. a whole lot of bad teams either. How so, the Pirates? Pirates aren't bad? I mean, the Pirates have been better than you thought they were going to be, right, Pat? I, don't, I have no uh, idea. I, I, were they? Are they? How are they? I mean, they're they're not good. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so they're the one. The, they're the one. They're the anomaly. They are the outlier. There is a lot in the middle of the in the middle of the range. There, you're saying there's no real. Hot, yeah, there, and and so trying to trying to figure out which teams are going to sell, uh, I think everyone wants to buy at this point. Uh, but we also have to remember, playoffs aren't expanded this year, so there are only five teams from each league making it, and those playoff spots are going to be very hotly contested. And considering that, in all likelihood, the playoffs are going to expand in the future, this is the last year where uh, you know you're going to have a, a, a small field to go through and, and fewer potential opponents to trip you up. Hey, real quick. Are you, so you're trying to display your range there with the uh, choice of you, you've changed your display a little bit. I want to let you know we do appreciate that. We you go Wu Tang obviously, then Rage Against the Machine, then you got the Pink Floyd yeah. over there to the far right. You just want to let people you're down for whatever. Hey, I, I'm down for whatever. If it's good, it's good. Uh, I listen. Music is a beautiful thing, I and agree. whether it is instrumental like the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly right there. Or it's back in the 60s and 70s, Band of Gypsies, or it's some Radiohead over my shoulder. That's Ooh, I pointed at the wow. wrong one. What am I doing? Yeah, I'm you, just tripping all over. Have you been on right TV? Now. We haven't seen you on TV. Has he? Has he? We saw your. Uh... In fact, in fact, Pat, actually, th this audience would be perfect. We're trying something new. We're doing a new show every day called Baseball Tonight Extra, where we're going to be talking. We talked about Mercedes yesterday. We're talking about Otani today. Really? Where at? Uh, it's going to be on the ESPN uh, YouTube channel, so please check it out. It's good okay, stuff. Okay, let's go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, Jet. That's good oh. news. I don't know if there's a lot of people that can go on the YouTube and talk about baseball and succeed, though, you know? Like, I, I think it's, uh, uh, I, you're a guy that could. Pat, if anyone can do it. You're the guy, wow. Jeff. You're the guy. It is tough, dude. The sport is, and I think Trevor understands that. I think, uh, oh, buddy, it just hit a bomb on a, because that should have been hilarious. Like, everybody should have laughed about that. Like, you, come on. I mean, that, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that should have been funny as opposed it, to, like, that's not it, our game. Here's, here's the thing. It was until the 76-year-old Hardo went old school yeah. and, that was, the, you know, that was the concern when Tony Larusa got hired. Like, is he going to be able to relate to players today? Players today want to swing 3-0. Players today want to run slowly around the bases, pimp their home runs, take selfies, do whatever they can, bat flip. It, you know, it doesn't matter. The, the game done changed, what? and you got to change with it. Or go away for the survival of the game though it's changing you know oh. like, like it is a yeah. very new world at the end of the day i understand baseball is a sport but we are in a content entertainment world everything is content if you have the best content people are going to watch it our content for some reason very below average people watch it we appreciate those people but the nfl the games are normally fucking good uh, that's why like everything is good the content is seen by a lot of people it's all content at the end of the day because 
because you don't have the sport or the league without money. And I think drawing eyes to a sport that is losing them is nothing bad. Like I, I don't think it's a bad thing. But once again, I'm not a 76 year old Tony Larusa. You know, I'm not that. Speak, guy. Hey, speaking of content, before I go, your doc was great. You uh, and you have been crushing it on SmackDown. Oh, thanks, dude. That's been fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's guys. awesome. Hey, it's, so, t- it's, so, it's so cool to see you there. Thank I'm like, you, my Jeff. friend is on SmackDown and he's the announcer. And I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Friend, my friend, my friend. We're friends. You know what? Jet, we're friends. We're friends. I, we, uh, we better be. We're friends. I hope so. Jet pass in. Me. Buds. Pass. Yeah. Hey. Woo. If we were in your town over there in Ohio, I think we would say, hey, you know what, Jet? Why don't you come out and see us? Come to the house. We're friends. I mean, would you? Yeah. Yeah. Mostly because we'd probably be bored with, like, uh, at least to see you. You know, it'd be nice to meet you in person. Yeah, we're friends. You're right, Connor. Go ahead. Yeah, Jet, uh, who's going to win the World Series, and why is it the Boston Red Sox? Uh, The Los Angeles Dodgers, and because it's not. Oh, much what just happened, uh, Jet. We appreciate you, man. That doc was awesome. It was thirty for thirty, I believe, or whatever. What was it? E sixty. E sixty. It's yeah. okay though. Okay, you can plug the other one. But you, no, E sixty. Yours was awesome. It was really cool to watch. We watched it down in Tampa Thanks. as a team, man. Really well done. Can't thank you enough for what you're doing for uh, baseball. Can't wait to watch the show. Baseball tonight extra on YouTube. Uh, Jet passing, talking about the baseball. Just like he just got done here, ladies and gentlemen, Jet Pass. Yeah! Yeah! People go through many changes as we get older, isn't that right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. For men, one of the less fortunate changes is that testosterone production begins to naturally decrease in the body. Did you know this, AJ? I am aware. For most men, it begins around the age of 30 and testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. My Whoa. God. So if you live to 130, you ain't got shit left. No, no. minus 30. Well, if it starts around 30, this is one of those questions on a test where, you know, begins around 30, and the testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. So does it start at zero or does it start at 30? That's the thing. This is where That's they can get you. <laughs> one of them damn word problems this is one of those yeah. problems where you're like oh wait a minute uh which can i ask a follow-up anyways i was good at those tests because i always viewed it as me versus the fucking teacher that's right okay <laughs> i don't know what's going on but this is me versus you fuck you that's how, I, that's how i view it. that's why friends at roman have a new supplement designed to support testosterone production i did not know this they formulated their own supplements with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients you hear this aj roman's Mm -hmm. testosterone supplement is for anyone who wants to support their own body's natural function they formulated their own blend with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients getting started is simple just go to getroman.com usa their supplement contains vitamin d3 zinc magnesium and ashwagandha in a unique blend designed by healthcare professionals that you can't get anywhere else. To learn more about these incredible ingredients, visit GetRoman.com USA. Roman is offering $15 off your first order and will deliver your supplements right to your door with free two-day shipping. When you go to GetRoman.com forward slash USA, get $15 off your first order plus free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman, G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com forward slash USA. That's good news. Let's try that stuff. Okay. I've been looking for that type of stuff. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Now we know. Hey, Roman. 
Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Joining us, college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, Whoa. from the Ohio State, ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hall. AJ, I did something for you, dude. What's that? I booked Corey Graves on the show. He'll be in 22 minutes. You get a chance to talk to him. Good. I'd love to, to talk to him and, and figure out how he pieced together putting some commentary in during that zombie match. That thing, he should, he deserves a sports Emmy for that. We should put that in. Send it in for <laughs> your consideration, right? I'm not 100% sure if the sports Emmys deal with that or the actual Emmys. Yeah, like that. true. That it's might be right. live oh, event yeah. of oh, the maybe year. Maybe both. Mm -hmm. Should be both, I think, because it's live action. I don't think he knew what the fuck was going on, so he's calling something <laughs> kind of blind while making something, you know. Uh, what's that thing? He's at least getting an SB from Russell Wilson. I would hope oh, so. Oh, yeah. I would Should. hope so. I would hope so. That's the, the pinnacle. He was at the uh, Penguins game last night, though. He also diehard Penguins fan. So he was in the building getting a chance to chat with him about that, all things happening in his world and what's going on in his life. He is hysterical. And he's also the coolest looking dude of all time. Look, can we put up that graphic? Look at this photo. Of this. Now, Jet, it kind of sucks for Jet passing that he had to be right next to this <laughs> yeah. guy. Look at this photo of this fucking guy. Look at that dude. That's out of a movie. Jeez. Yeah, he looks like a movie poster. He deserves an Oscar for just how he looks every day in his life. Uh -huh. <laughs> he should play a vampire in a movie for sure. What does that what mean? That Whoa, He's got that on. look. He's like Vampires are always super cool, kind of mysterious looking. Hey, what was that movie? <laughs> it had a wolf and shit, that Taylor guy. Twilight. Yeah, yeah. that thing mm -hmm. took over when I was in high school. They, those, they were... I was I never watched it, but I was always confused about how the ladies wanted to fuck a wolf. He hasn't been in much recently <laughs> since then. Well, he is about to be yeah, in Kevin yeah. James' yeah. Uh, yeah. Sean Payton movie on uh, Netflix. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm not I think he'll probably be playing an opposing coach or maybe a father of a child. Yeah. Oh. This is documenting the season where he went and coached his kid uh, to oh. a football championship, right? Uh -huh. When he was yeah. suspended from the flake gate. Yep. He's part of the Sandler crew now. Yes, I, I think Rob Schneider's Drew Kevin Brees. James is no Kevin, Kevin James, James has always, always been part yeah. of the Sandler the crew. Taylor Lautner is, is now he did the new blood the of the Sandler crew, yeah. if you will. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. the next yeah, gen. Ridiculous six. Congratulations, he's yeah. got the played a very good role. I mean, you get hundred movies. Sandler only does numbers. Congrats to Taylor Lautner. Dude. That movie's gonna suck. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> shut up! What the hell was that? I mean, you know it. Who's making Happy Sa Madison? Sandman's not in it. Sandman's not in this one. You can't yeah, just they lead, use all of his back power on that. playing pickup basketball and running this Deflate Gate, <laughs> Sean Payton, Netflix documentary situation. I love the Sandman. No, you no, don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Shut it. But even the Sandman's looking at this thing and saying, "Man, that's going to be a steaming pile of shit." I'll just put, you know, I'll just, hey, fuck, I'll give him a couple bucks. No. Kevin nice? James can have fun doing it. Hey, Rob, Rob, yeah, yeah let's bring in Rob Schneider. He probably needs a job. Is that why he was wearing a polo <laughs> while playing pickup the other day? Could have been hell of a fit. Because he's got no worries. It's a good, uh, uh, what do you call it? Sweat catcher for him. That's why he wears it. Uh, sweat catcher. The polo. Mm -hmm. It's a sweat catch. Yep. I like that. So it's a sweat polo. Yeah. Did exactly. you ever do any? Uh, did you ever do any sports in a, a polo? This is why you know this thing. Well, I think a lot of soccer players did back in the day. Oh yeah, wow. that was the soccer Much different kit, material, the but it wasn't like the the polo material. Hundred percent caught. Anyways, that movie's going to be awesome. Yeah, let's Can't assume wait. Sandler gets his way into that movie, and none of us will know it and surprise him. He might be the, he might be the water boy. For yes. Oh, imagine if he comes over. Easter egg.
H2O. Bobby, <laughs> Bobby Boucher. Can he, is Bobby Boucher didn't die or anything. He can come back, right? No, he's thriving, actually. I, yep. I think he was set to live forever. Maybe, maybe Bobby Boucher should become a player coach. You know, that should be the next one. Get another little yeah. Bobby out there, little water boy. He's the coach. You know, maybe think about it. Sam Mann will think of a good idea. Yeah, I, yeah, I have got nothing but faith. Um, AJ, there's a couple of things. Yeah, exactly. There's a couple of things happening in the NFL world that I'm excited to get your opinion on. John Lynch comes out and says he has always been very upfront with Jimmy G through this whole thing. He also went into the interview and, and kind of talked about the entire relationship. John Lynch, who's the general manager of the San Francisco 49ers, the same man that traded for Jimmy G out of New England while New England was potentially imploding on top of itself because Tom Brady and Jimmy G were in there. Jimmy G gets traded over the Niners. Kyle Shanahan teaches him the offense a few weeks. He comes in. Their team stunk. They won all the games. A lot of promise going into the next season because the team was incredibly talented now they have a quarterback he gets hurt like week three or something like that they stink he comes back they go to the fucking super bowl yep okay here we go we're living john lynch is happy high life when he's playing we're winning when he, he was out there one season or not last season comes in uh after the super bowl gets hurt they stink again john lynch said i had to tell jimmy like the issue here is you when you're not on the field we stink Okay, when you're on the field, we're good. You'll have a chance to compete for this job. You could be the long-term guy, by the way, John Lynch told Jimmy allegedly via this entire conversation. Uh, but he he promised him, like, we're going to keep you on the team, even though everybody's saying you're traded, you're owed $21 million or something like that. This is a very cool thing to see, though, because this is one of those situations that could get very ugly, very quick, very public. And instead, it feels like John and Jimmy have had a, a pretty good way of handling the whole thing. Well, John Lynch, I think even if Jimmy doesn't believe, like, doesn't uh, agree with their decision and what they're doing and where the the team is moving, like, he has to respect the fact if he truly is this upfront with him and lets them know. And we know Kyle Shanahan even said in his press conference, like, "Hey, it's uh, we told Jimmy it's his health that's the biggest issue, not really his play. So if he can stay healthy, he has a chance." But John Lynch, I mean, he's a Hall of Fame player. He he gets it. So you'd understand this probably, it's probably. One of the harder things to do with the job, I, I would imagine, when you're the GM, you have to make these tough deci- decisions. Decisions. It's yeah. a tough one. It gets me. I think too. I might have a stroke. No, don't let it get you. <laughs> okay. yeah, that one will get me too. There's been a lot of words that have been getting me lately. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Just go ahead. Oh, I'm good. Yeah, but I'm just saying, John Lynch gets it, and so I'm sure coaches he respected were upfront with him, even if you disagree. I'm sure you've been across. You come across guys like that, right? Well, that's what I was about. That's what I was about to say. Person, I don't agree, but I respect the fact of how they're coming at. And they're always consistent, right? Like I think, I think that is something you hear every player talk about, no matter what the coach is, because there's a lot of different ways to win. There's a lot of different ways to do a lot of things. You can be a full asshole, and we have no fun, and that's a way to motivate and drive your players, and you feel like that's the best. And it's not necessarily the most fun to be in that locker room, but if it gets results, it gets results. Then there's the, you know, we're having fun. That type of coach. There's always different ways to do it. But if you ask any player what they like about a coach, there's always be the same person. Always be consistent. Always tell me the truth. And I assume when John Lynch was given this job, he was like, this is what I'm going to be. I'm going to be transparent. I'm going to be consistent. I'm always going to tell the truth. And I assume whenever you're making that decision before getting the actual job in those positions that you just talked about and those decisions, decisions, decisions you have to make, I assume it all, the plan sounds good. But then when you get in there, it's like, 
Man, this guy's whole dream is about to get fucking killed. I, yeah. I can't. We think you stink. No, can't say that. We uh, <laughs> we got a better player. Oh, can't. No. oh, it's a numbers thing. It's a numbers thing. We are so sorry. We'll, we'll bring you back. We'll keep you in the fold. It sounds like John Lynch has been able to keep his word, basically, of this is what I want to do. I'd like to be up front. I'd like to be consistent. And I think that's why you're seeing results out there. Now, COVID beat them last year. They got kicked out of their city, and their quarterback got hurt, and they had other injuries. That's another... Yet again, they're primed to almost do what they did a couple years ago, which was come out of nowhere with a very fucking good team. You would think in Jimmy G, if he is there and he does start the season with with a healthy Bosa, George Kittle not banged up. I mean, they have plenty of talent on that team, so they could be somebody that's pretty scary to look at. And Trey Lance. Look out. Look out. Hey, he could be really good. Yes, he could. I mean, he he definitely has the tools to be. Can he be that good? that early can he come in like justin herbert early on and do that Kyle, they lost a bunch of games though because i don't know they couldn't manage a game at all but the kyle shanahan and john lynch we just talk glowingly about both of them right mm-hmm. we everybody thinks very highly of both of them right yeah their football brains and everything okay where are we going well, they, they felt so fucking good about this guy. They traded, what, two first-rounders yeah. or whatever to get uh-huh. all the way up there. They were like, we got to go get this guy. Nobody's going to get there. Do you think we, they had Trey Lance in mind? When they made the trade, do you think that Trey Lance was the guy? Shanahan has come out and said it was. Now, that actually, yeah, he would obviously say that. It's like I a, would, too. And he may have been. I'm not saying he didn't. I'm just saying I wonder how all in they were. Like, if they were 100% sure, hey, this is why we're doing this, to go get this guy. Yeah, because if you listen to a couple of his lead-up quotes, Kyle Shanahan said, we had three guys we knew were good, so if we got to three, we were good. Then we found out there was five, uh, and that kind of, you know, went into the thing. So it's like, okay, we were trying to read that whole thing. And then post-drafting Trey Lance, right, which, to your point, they said when we traded up and everybody thought we we're going to get Mac Jones or whatever, that was we didn't have that in mind at all. We, we, the entire time we were with Trey Lance, which is good, by the way, an organization supporting the player they just brought in there, unlike fucking Tony LaRusa telling his yeah, rookie he's clueless after hitting a bomb uh, whenever it was 3 0 in the count late in the game, they're going to win. That's why baseball's stupid, Ty. Shohei Otani, best player of all time. Yep. Unwritten rules still exist. If somebody needs to erase, the unwritten rules from the unwritten rule book. I'm That's right there. There's baseball. Yeah. There's just baseball. Yeah. There's yeah. no yeah. need yeah. to be hiring yeah. a 76-year-old manager Tony for one of the best teams in baseball. up when he said it. One of his best pitches Driving Miss Daisy. Said, Tony's wrong. Trevor Bauer, Power Hour, representing young baseball, said, Tony's wrong. We, we want to do this type of stuff. If you're going to hit a homer on a 48-mile-an-hour pitch, you do what you got to do out there. The Hammer Down Boys, by the way, riding a heater still. Yeah. We appreciate yeah. you guys. Yeah. You guys have been watching a lot of baseball. Feels like you yeah. guys have become bigger baseball fans than you maybe were before baseball season because you're making a lot mm-hmm. of money off of baseball. Yeah. Baseball is awesome this year, though. Last year was Mickey Mouse. It stunk. This year, it's awesome. Okay, let's go with uh, What's the diff- what changed. Uh, baseball, they they're yeah. making money. They're fucking raking in money. That's the only difference. Yep. Is that every night they're raking in money? That, that is <laughs> no sixty game season last year. Yeah, was the Mickey season Mouse. last year was just Mickey Mouse. Yeah, and you guys lost all your bets last year. This oh. year they are winning every <laughs> night. They are winning. What did what did you do last night, Dick? Three and zero. Three and zero in baseball. Mm-hmm. And what did you do, Gump? Four and zero. And that's what that's why baseball is better. Okay, nothing that. changed except for their FanDuel accounts. That so is it's it. not it's not better to watch now compared to last year. It's much better to watch for these guys and everybody else that's betting alongside them that watch Hammer Don at four p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am I ride with them. By the way, I actually have somebody 
if I can't watch a show, text me every pick they made, and I'm just I just put them in there. I can't watch the games though. These guys are watching the games because it has to like you know in, information for future bets. Uh, fucking baseball is awesome this year. It's like yeah, it has been. You guys are going nine and zero every night on it. I would assume it's a beautiful thing. And by the way, you can join them whenever you watch at 4 p.m. Eastern. YouTube.com forward slash Hammer Don. That's D A H N. Repercussions from tomorrow from yesterday's events. Yeah. There's a reason we're wearing these hats. Fucking new sheriffs in town, okay? You guys aren't letting it just get reckless in the show No, anymore? we're going to weigh some heavy fines. It's about time. <laughs> there was a brawl in the studio yesterday. Did you hear about this? A full fight broke out because of I heard Fox. A, a little bit, but was it real? Yeah. 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 Shit, are you talking about? I don't see any black eyes or anything. There's a broken pot. His back plant? is bruised. His kidney and spleen, I think, were Body shots only in the office. Body shots only. Yeah, you can't be punching each other in the face. Yeah. What are yeah. We? We're on camera every day. Lost a tooth. <laughs> It's good. Someone, hey, grab your uh, your neck brace then. Does somebody probably need it? I'm guessing. No, no headshots. There's nothing in there. Maybe the, a back brace. My, my neck is sore. The cactus needs it though. Yeah, hey, Hawk, seriously. you better watch it next time you come around here too. Whoa! Hey, Nick's handing out ass beatings, dude. Yeah. He's handing them out. They're not fun. I, Nick, you're right. I am very scared. Yeah. Um, speaking of ass beatings, the internet. I don't want to fight anybody. Trust me. Me neither. The internet did its thing. I actually yelled at them for not having a socially distant yeah. uh, conflict immediately. <laughs> Afterwards. At least put your mask on to fight, right? Well, it, you know, there's different rules, I guess, depending upon who's how deep into, you know, who. We all go. got the ouchie, dude. It's yeah, fine. It, it depends <laughs> on who's allowed to do what, you know. But I'm still. I want to let them know. I want to let you guys know. Just like Mayor Hogsett here of Indianapolis, mm -hmm. we will be the last place <laughs> on earth to put the socially distant rules. To the past mm -hmm. in this office. That's right. Because people will not talk about this because we are just sports stooges. We had a couple COVID cases in the office during the quarantine. And, and since we are so socially distant and actually had real rules in here, we were able to confine it without sending anybody. We didn't miss a day. Nope. They went home. They kept their COVID that they got elsewhere. They come back afterwards. Nobody else had it. We were getting tested every week. I mean, boys, I'm proud of you. Yeah. But at the end of this thing, just because Evan Fox decides to ruin the Penguins, Whoa. it's not time to just go spit COVID all over each other. Hey, hey, I didn't come in here looking for a fight. My plant got destroyed, and I had to come in and defend you did, my right. plant. Good teammate. Good Nick teammate. did it. Good teammate. You're like Aston Reese. Good teammate. That's he knew right. He was going to get his ass beat last night, and he went in there and grabbed a, grabbed a collar or two. Uh, yeah, Connor got to experience what the South Side was like. Yeah, bingo. I don't know where. <laughs> Bent over, ass beat. Uh -huh. That's literally what happened. Survive. Let's talk about another ass beating that happened. The internet did that to a guy named Anthony this morning mm -hmm. uh, over there in Ohio. I don't know if you saw this, AJ. This kid did not deserve how this whole thing set up. If they would have just put the quotes and then just his name, I think people would have been like, Anthony, come on, dude. And, and it would have been the fact that they put the picture and said, hey, this kid said this. The internet was like, ain't that some shit? Not today. This younger generation looks like they're in their teens. Anthony Trish just started watching football, has no idea what Randy Moss was able to do. The Minnesota Vikings, while the internet's cooking on tone, cooking on tone, Trish. The Minnesota Vikings go, uh, just a reminder for those who forgot who might have the name Anthony fucking Trish. Uh, the 40-plus yard reception highlight reel for Randy Moss, 10 minutes long. This thing is a never-ending one, Anthony Trish. The, the internet turned on Treach and I want to let him know we don't like the way PFF did kind of get you yeah. Yeah, thrown into the buzzsaw here. Three under the bus. But I do respect what PFF does 
you know, bring to the football world. So I'm kind of torn on this whole thing. Tone's probably got a long 24 hours if I had to no, get Tone, it. This is a dream for Tone. It's, it puts him out there on the map. What do you mean? Don't you want to say things that get picked up? Mm, That's exactly what he's I don't know. Uh, yeah, the whole internet. Nobody wants to take it on the shins all day. I mean, some AJ. people might. Maybe now people will come back to, to try to call him a stooge and he's going to start dropping real insight. Well, Tone Ooh. did flip his stance. Fandle asked, would you, because Fandle got involved. Yeah. yeah. Fandle got involved. Everyone. Would you rather have uh, everybody? The entire sports internet got involved on this thing because Randy Moss, beloved by everybody, I think. Fans, players, coaches, Joe Buck, everybody yep. loves Randy Moss. So whenever you know he kind of gets left out of a conversation that he is the guy of, immediately it's going to get after. I think I think this was a one-sided affair. FanDuel goes, who are you taking in a prime? Randy Moss or Tyreek Hill? Anthony goes, and I like this. Moss, dude. What are we Moss, even, yeah. what are we even talking about? Me? I like what Tone did, a little bit of an answer, but goddamn PFF sent him out there. He, he, PFF. PFF grabbed him like that baseball last night that that catcher had uh-huh. and uh, floated that thing 48 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And Otani was the internet sitting in the uh, – yeah. and although old buddy who's a rookie took that thing 428 or whatever, uh, the internet otani that thing and it won 670, yeah. 700 yards. Yeah, yards, 2,100 feet. <laughs> 21,000 feet. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. That's how far I went. Wow, look at you. What's that, dude? Read this tweet. Had the pleasure of meeting Pat and guys at the Fantasy Factory pre-COVID. One of the nicest guys I've ever met, but I stand by the take. <laughs> Tony Trish. All right, Tony. T-squared. Still, still like taking moms. But he doesn't stand by the which take. So you didn't know? You didn't know he came into the Fantasy Factory and hung out? PFF brought some uh, – they came to Indianapolis for the Combine. They brought us yeah. some swag. Yep. Very nice of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, the guy who was on The Bachelor, he we had known him out here. He worked with us for a couple weeks, and then he went back to Ohio. He's a very smart guy, very handsome guy. He stopped by. I did not meet – I do not remember meeting Tone Trish. Tone Trish, mm-hmm. right. That's on me, Tone. He's probably – I mean, he was definitely here. There, there were like six guys from PFF that yeah. were here. Very nice, those guys. I mean, you said you're one of the nicest guys he's ever met, so that's good for you. It's not – it's – what, you don't even truth? remember meeting him, but you were very nice to him. Yeah, AJ, that's what are you? You just punch people in the mouth no. every time you meet him? Get over here. I'm saying with the way you've been speaking of him, I could see you being very rude to this kid. Whoa. Whoa. I'm just, Whoa. I'm actually, I feel like I've defended him. Gone to bat for yeah. I feel trees. like I've defended yeah. him. So have I. I said he did his job. He's out there. We're, we're talking about it. He absolutely did his job. Hey, Jay, what you, you meet new people and you go, get the fuck out. You stay. What do you do? What do you do? How does that? No. Well, it's good for No, I try to be very nice to everybody. Nah, I'm just, uh, bullshit. I don't remember meeting this, nah, this kid. Nah. And he says, you were awesome. I, you know what? Now that I think about it, I do remember. I yeah. shook his hand right over here. Yeah. yeah. You, you, right oh, yeah. said that before the, the court. It was outside. Like, oh, yeah. He said he met you outside. No. No, no, no. no, 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 no inside. In, in the fantasy factory. Yeah, shout out They gave us hoodies, dude. Come on. They did give us a hat. Yeah. Cut the sleeves off immediately upon getting it. Mm -hmm. Let's go to a break, AJ. Figure it out in the middle of this thing, will you? Jesus. Come on, on, AJ. Did you ever meet Trish? Trish? I I do not believe I have met Trish. AJ would have spit on him. Probably. Hey, you two got that Ohio jaw, though. Yeah. Got that Ohio. Trish is. Trish has probably eaten a punch before fighting. Just eating it, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Looks like he's flexing, maybe. No, that's. I think that we did go to his Twitter account. It is a fine jawline. Yeah, he does have he's a not. very great jawline. I mean, he is. He looks like he's 13, 14 years old. 
He changed his photo, I guess. It says Zito. Oh, oh the internet. That's what I'm talking about. All, all pub is good pub, right? No, he changed his photo because of his. I assume the internet was very rude. Well, when I say 21,000 feet, I, I, that's what the internet has. You mean it. Uh-huh. I mean that. Especially with Randy, like a character like Randy Moss. I mean, it's, everybody loves him. So that means everybody is going to have to. You fucking idiot. And he works for PFF, which people already have like a. I mean, this was a sprinkle a little, you know, big L on top. The fuck you got? We interrupt the show to tell you that everyone wants to see their lawn thrive this spring. And you can do that with your own custom lawn care plan from Sunday. Sunday is more than just a lawn care product. It is a custom lawn care plan with a variety of ways to help you grow a beautiful lawn, control weeds, and remove pests. They take all the guesswork out and unwanted chemicals so you can grow a beautiful lawn that's better for people pets and the planet pat talked about his custom lawn care plan uh, that he looked into where he realized you know he was on a floodplain. so so maybe this is the type of thing you want to do out there i checked it out did one myself i was trying to figure out you know why do i have so many dandelions in my front yard what the hell is going on here i need to figure something out and i realized i love my sunday lawn care it was super easy to set up and it's even easier to use. And you can do the same. All you need to do is go to getsunday.com, put in your home address, and their free lawn analysis tool will take care of the rest, all just in seconds. Sunday uses soil and climate data to create a tailored nutrient plan so you get all the stuff your lawn needs and nothing it doesn't. And Sunday is made with ingredients that you can actually pronounce, like seaweed, iron, and molasses, so you can grow better and feel better about it. Let Sunday take the guesswork out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn this spring. Visit GetSunday.com slash Pat to get $20 off your custom lawn plan at checkout. That's $20 off your custom plan at GetSunday.com slash Pat. Back to the show. AJ Hawk is joining us. Wow. Yeah. yeah. AJ, what you did to Zach Wilson's mom earlier is such a beautiful tribute to her with that mm. moment of silence. I very much appreciate that. The internet has appreciated that as well, pal. Well, I mean, yeah, I, it, it came and went so fast, didn't it? She All of a sudden, I see she's has these very strong opinions one way or the other, I feel like, and then people jump on her, and then all of a sudden you see what? Her thing went private. Yeah, and Zach had to unfollow his own mom. Yeah. Oh, not easy to do. Yeah, he had to unfollow her, and then she said, fuck, you don't need you. I want to make it private. She didn't say that probably because they, you know, are probably like super non-cursing people or whatever, but that's a situation we will keep an eye on, especially as he, you know, becomes a superstar in the shadows of New York City. Speaking of in the shadows of New York City, joining us right now is a man who saw an RV absolutely decimated in the shadows of New York City. A man who has been there, done that with every single event and situation in sports entertainment and wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, the commentator for Monday Night Raw, host of After the Bell, and the coolest looking dude walking this earth, ladies and gentlemen, Corey Gray. Yeah! 
Thank you for that kind introduction, Mr. McAfee. And of all the things that I've seen you do in your career and all your accomplishments, you guys wrecking that RV was far and away the most impressive thing. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. I would like to let you know, I was not a part of that. I cannot take any credit, but that was 100% Zito's fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was yellow shirts. Yeah, yeah, it was 100%. It was we yellow was shirts. Videos, uh, Where was the yellow shirts after it happened? They disappeared because yeah. oh, it was their fault, obviously. Because they were guilty. Or because they had to shut down that lane because there <laughs> yeah. was... Yeah. They basically did a hit and run to MetLife. But anyways, that's another story for yeah, another day. Pittsburgh Penguins, we're back. We're about to sweep the Islanders in five. You were in the building last night, 9,500 strong. You were one of them. Your lady was the other. How was it? How we feeling? Let's go. Can I just tell you, it was as amazing as I had hoped and then some. Okay, I good. was a little skeptical because I've been to Penguins playoff hockey games before, and I've said many times it's the best, best sports atmosphere I've ever been in. Bingo. It, that place is rocking. I was a little concerned it was going to be a little lackluster, but last night, man, PPG Paints Arena was on fire. The crowd was live and loud, and it, it just felt good to be normal, to be able to be there and support the team because God knows you know, the Penguins and Pirates have the worst television sports contract in history, uh, whereas I live downtown in the city of Pittsburgh, but because I do not possess cable, I can't actually watch the Penguins on TV, so I just you know walk up the street to the arena. Smart, smart, smart. But yeah, it, it was awesome. It was the the energy was there. It, it was not. It, it it felt as close to normal as anything I've been a part of in the last year plus. Awesome. What about the play? Did you what? Did it feel different watching them? Like I know it's playoff game, ninety five hundred. Did it get loud? It, I'm sure it seems loud, but compared it, to what it was before. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 anything that was made by human beings last night would have seemed loud in comparison to piped-in crowd noise via True. TV. True. Um, but they, they were passing out the towels, the, the rally towels, you know, Penguins' terrible towel-ish things. Those things were going all night. Everybody, the atmosphere was, it felt Brett like the Penguins playoff hockey. Here uh, we go. Was Brett Michaels there, Corey? He might have been. I have no idea. You had to have the mask on. Everyone had to be masked up. So I, he might have been sitting right beside me. I, I don't know. But once you have a couple of booze, you have a couple of beers out there. What you guys do? Listen, what, I mean, vodka? if you wanted to take your mask down, you had to be consuming something. I may or may not have had a few icy lights, uh, which they serve in oil cans oh, now yeah. that are as big as my thigh. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, a great, was, like a Foster's? Like a Foster's? Not not quite Foster's oil can big, but they're they're like. 24, maybe even bigger, giant cans of icy light. So it's a win. Yeah, I, I wish I was there. Your pictures were awesome. We got a win. Did they show the highlight of Sidney Crosby saving that snapshot with the back of his stick in the building and all? Because they didn't show it on TV. He saved the game. Greatest player of all time. Of course, they didn't replay it. He stopped that, Corey. I, you know what? Now that you say it, I don't think they did replay it even in the building. Everyone was amazed when it happened but there were there were quite a few calls that the, the refs last night weren't getting any love from the the yinzers uh there were quite a few non-calls that got that raised the ire of ppg paints arena well there's a lot of yinzers that have been sitting in their houses okay drinking those oil things of icy light <laughs> waiting to get back into ppg paints arena and it's, i assume you heard a lot of shoot Skate! Oh, it, 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 it was nobody had missed a beat. Yeah. Everyone was coaching. There were 9,500 coaches in the arena as well. Uh, but it, it was it was cool, man. Just to just to be and to feel that electricity again and be around people. And when a goal was scored, to be able to turn around and high five a stranger. Pat, God, it was the most exciting thing that I've done in a year and a half. 
Now, you call it a zombie match on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, what, are, what is wrong okay. with not, Notwithstanding the zombie match. Okay. All right, all right, all right. It, was, uh, it was an experience. You were in the building for it, but I, I luckily got to offer the, the soundtrack to one of the most memorable matches in WWE history. AJ thinks you deserve an Emmy for that. Uh, AJ texted me. Hawk was kind enough and impressed by the fact that I, I avoided the iceberg long enough. Uh, that he actually sent me a very nice text saying that he appreciated my skills, which I still have never gotten a text like that from you, Pat, even though you stole my seat. That's a lie. I know. Oh, I, know, I, know, I, know. I, know. I, I text that every week. I do feel like, man, I, I'll tell you what. Getting this job, getting the – because the conversation was, hey, we want to do some stuff, and I told you this, and, and I feel like literally through the entire process I was talking to you through it, it wasn't until yeah. like very late it was like, okay, uh, SmackDown commentary, and I'm like – Oh, so so it's me and Corey, and like no, I got to actually we have to move Corey because there's a new. So I was like, oh, I don't want anybody to think that I'm replacing. They like, and then I started thinking they won't. Corey's so good, they won't think I'm replacing. But then I'm like, oh, Corey's gonna fucking hate me. Oh, there was a lot of those. There was a lot of those moments, and I wasn't, I wasn't gonna tell. It was, it was. I feel like it was the right decision made. I could have told you. I think like a day before they told you, but there was like a, they felt as if like, hey, we should be the ones to tell him first. And then I was like, okay, sounds good. And immediately upon that, me sending you a message, I thought you were gonna fucking hate. Not that you don't already, but I thought you were gonna be so. Mad. I was so worried about it because you are, and you and Cole were so good as a wrestling fan, so good together. You are so incredible. So the fact that that's how it had, I was just, I was bummed about it. But I am incredibly pumped to be in the same profession as you at the same time you know well if, if anybody's going to fill my shoes i'm happy that it's going to be you you're doing a hell of a job thus far uh and think of all the benefits that i have i get to work for an extra hour every week and my girlfriend's <laughs> on a different show now yeah yeah that's <laughs> i'm just winning all over the place yeah and i uh by the way that's that's what went through my entire head when i was like oh this guy's gonna hate me <laughs> yeah. I, I started i started like thinking about it i'm happy you don't now let's dive into you a little bit here Corey. Okay. Oh no! Okay. Can we, can we peel back the onion? Let's go. I'm like I'm like an ogre. I've got many layers. Aside from that zombies match, whenever you think about most ridiculous moment in your WWE life, what is it? Oh my God, that's tough. It could be out of the building too. Like for instance, Ric Flair walked over WrestleMania Backlash and started talking to me, gave me his number and everything, and I was like, "This is out of control." That fucking Ric Flair's here. Is there anything like like okay? Uh, yeah. I, it's, it's impossible for me because I have been privy to so many ridiculous outlandish experiences as being part of this and touring the world. And, and there are probably a lot of things that I've seen that I never should have in my life. But I will give you a perfect instance of that. It actually happened this Sunday immediately following WrestleMania Backlash when I got back to the hotel. Okay. I uh, had a few beverages with a few Hall of, Hall of Famers and we you know, caught up and, and just chopped it up for a little bit. But it was as I was going back to my hotel room that I had this bizarre interaction. Push the button, I'm waiting for the elevator, and the elevator door opens. And who of all people is standing on the elevator before me? But John Stamos. Uncle Jesse? Whoa. Uncle Jesse was standing in the middle, dead center of the open doors. He was flanked by a couple other people who I later gone on to find out from my friend who was standing beside me were the Beach Boys. But see what happened was, when the, when the elevator opened, my brain and my eyes went into portrait mode, like on your cell phone, yeah, blur that where up. all I could see was Stamos. And I'm pretty sure I heard angels, and I was just in this state of disbelief, but it didn't, it didn't end there. 
so the, the, I realize that John Stamos is standing in front of me. And I look to my friend Jason and I go, dude, that's John Stamos. And Stamos heard me. Oh, okay. Not- <laughs> he goes, yeah, it is. And then he replies, where's the Iron Sheik? <laughs> okay, good reference. You know, timely from Stamos. Now, now, so now, now, mind you, I am now staring at like the the coolest person from my childhood. You know, everybody grew, grew up watching Uncle Jesse, and yeah. it's, it's, this is surreal in and of itself. But the fact that he made a wrestling reference to me I mean, just raised more questions because I went, "Does Stamos recognize me? Does he watch our show?" Huh? Or I mean, because like of all the random references he could have made, he would have had to have known a wrestling reference to me, right? Like why else? It wasn't like there was anybody else. Listen, I don't want to break this news to you, and AJ has a question for you, but I'm about 100% sure if Stamos is rocking around with the fucking Beach Boys, they told them upon checking in, oh, the WWE's here. (laughs) And he saw your throat, too. He had to assume something. Thank you for for bursting my bubble, Pat. I need that from time to time. No, 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 no. He knew. By the way, he probably looked at you and said, oh, this is the coolest looking dude of all time. I assume he is with, just like to AJ's point, I assume he is with the WWE here. Kick, save, and a beauty. Thank you. Hey, when, when, when Jari stinks, we're going to call McAfee. Yeah, thank you. I have to say that thing. The glove side still stinks. Sorry about that. AJ, go ahead. Corey, so, you know, I, I told you, or you said earlier, I texted you because I watched you, and I, I talked to Pat, too, about this. I think it, what you guys do is almost impossible. I can't imagine being in your seat, but it got me thinking, like, have you ever done any other sports? Like, would you do a football game? I think once people get over the initial reaction of your Adam's apple tat when you do your stand-up at the beginning, you'll be all right. I think that the trick is knowing enough about anything to feel confident speaking about it. Like, I'm a pretty professional BSer. I can talk my way into or out of most situations. Uh, so I don't think I, can, I would embarrass myself too badly. Uh, I've considered, I just, the fan in me, I would love to call a baseball game. It's slow paced, but uh, that to me just seems like the dream job. As exciting as my job is, like to sit there for nine innings and just chat and basically be like Bob Euchre in Major League, that's like a dream come true. Um, that would be a dream come true. So I've, I've considered it, and I'm always open to opportunities and, and experiments. Uh, but right now, I think kind of the reason I've been able to succeed like I have in WWE is I've grown up obsessed with it. It's like, it, yeah, I've played other sports. I've done, I've been into other things and had hobbies and passions. But wrestling has been my life since. Don't you have to be that way? To, hey, to I, do your job, Corey, don't you need to be that way? It, it, to, to do it at a high level for any sustained period of time, it's it's almost a prerequisite. And not that's not to say that everybody has to know it and be obsessed with it from day one but once you're in the fire you have to learn to enjoy the heat and and really thrive otherwise it's it's not going to last very long the business and i've my respect for you has only grown since doing the gig right where and i think i've talked to you and i've talked to other people that have done it before and i think if you've done it you know where i'm fucking up a lot more than where the fans do right so it's like i feel like are you kidding me the fans know everything we do wrong even when we do it right yeah you're right the fans are very passionate and loyal by the way every business is looking for that type of fans so like that is something that wwe has and sports entertainment has in abundance and wrestling has obviously a very loyal group i just watched uh nick fucking gage's uh dark side of the ring actually the other yeah, yeah, that was wild, right? those fans going crazy for this dude it's like the wrestling fans are just an insane bunch and they are very active but there's been a couple compliments i've gotten from people they're like wrestling fans are like super like people i respect or whatever 
whatever. And I'm like, ah, if you've done commentary, you know, I fucked up like 7,000 things there. Like there is, I feel like I'm, I'm trying, I'm, I'm learning, right? But I'm nowhere near it. But my respect for you has grown so much in this entire thing. Have you felt like a real pressure? Cause for me, I think I've been in the ring, okay, only a couple times, but I've been in the ring, so my fanhood can mix with that a little bit, although I don't know as much as others that have been in there. I know a little bit more than people probably a little bit on the outside who've always been fans, and even I can get caught up. Like, I have no idea what I should be saying right now. I have no clue what's going on. Like, this is, how do I not fuck this up? You going over to Raw, right, with Adnan, who had never wrestled before. He had, you know, he'd been in a lot of other sports, obviously, baseball. I think he does some hockey stuff. There's there's boxing stuff. I think he's a very accomplished guy. But he, you know, you had to feel immense pressure going over. Did you feel like pressure? Like, okay, I, I'm going to have to probably at some point, you and Byron, there's a chance that he, this guy could fall off a cliff and I'm going to have to save him. Like that is, and Cole has done that to me, by the way. Did you know that when he went over there? Uh, I, I, yes, to answer your question in short form, but I would say pressure isn't the right way to describe it. I would say if anything, I it's helped my confidence because I've always been working with Michael Cole. And to your point, you cannot fail with uh-huh. Michael Cole. Right? Uh-huh. He's the best of all time at what he does and, and the Agreed. most underappreciated mind you know that, that we deal with on a regular basis. Um, so you've always ha- got Cole as your safety net. I find myself in a different role as a bit of a safety net now, but it has allowed me over the past month or so to kind of go, I learned a lot more from Cole than I even realized at the time. So if maybe we're in a, a spot where Adnan's unfamiliar or Byron's unfamiliar, I can now lean on what I've learned working with Cole and go, oh, no, boom, this needs to be done here. And it's not so much uh, a pressure as it is like, okay, I got this. I think I got feel it. more confident now than I did even the last, you know, at WrestleMania, the last time I called SmackDown stuff. Are you a lifer with the WWE and the whole wrestling business? I mean, at this point, I think I, I think it's a, a positive goal to be. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with having that. I mean, this, this place, as, as crazy as it can make all of us, and Pat is learning firsthand, no two days are the same. Everyone's wilder than the last. But the, the, the atmosphere, and once you're in here and you know how to navigate everything and earn the respect of your peers, there's nowhere else I would rather be. It's been really cool. To- it is, right? It's been really cool. Like, really, Paul Heyman will come up to me after every single show. You know, and obviously, I've heard the rumors of Paul Heyman and being a mark my entire life. Like, I know Paul Heyman's importance in the entire wrestling industry. You know, you're always going to need, like, a maverick and somebody that can shake it up. And also, an incredibly gifted promo. Incredible. Like, the greatest maybe of all time. Like, we're, we're talking Mount Rushmore promo. So, like, as a fan, I think he... I think he, I don't know. I feel him coming over and talk to me after every single time. That was like dope. Like I was like, this is so cool. And he was giving me like genuine, like, Hey, think about this. Think about this. And obviously with Cole, but then Roman, like I get a chance to talk to like Roman and everybody's like, and everybody's like real cool. It's really awesome. The mindset of like, Hey, we got to put this show on now. With that being said, I have been pulled into a couple conversations like, hey, sit down. Let's fucking teach you how some things operate around here. Like, I got a couple of, <laughs> like, hey, because I would ask, like, why is, insert, like, why is this happening or whatever? And it's like, sit down. Let me, uh, 
You have time? You have 15, 20? Yeah, okay, here we go. And it's just like, it's been really cool to kind of catch up. And uh, I assume... I assume that the Raw team is exactly like that as well over there. Is there any big differences between the two, or is it pretty similar? It's. I mean, the business is the business. You know what I mean? Everyone's got their own sort of outlook on it. I've, I've been around this place long enough that it was more of a reunion than meeting new faces going back to Raw. Um, and it, it is cool to me to have uh, somebody come up to me at first day, and, I, and I'll say his name, Seamus came up to me my first night back on Raw. And he said, hey, man, for what it's worth, we're excited to have you back. And just to, you know, this business in this place. Yeah. We don't put each other over. It's always, it's always negative. It's never like, hey, you did a great job. You, you always hear the, the negative things that you do. So to walk into the locker room and have somebody the caliber of a shame and say, hey, man, we're excited to have you back here because it helps the product. Um, that, that's all I need once in a while. You know what I mean? That keeps me going is that, that little bit of validation from the guys saying like, hey, you, you may not be the focal point of the show. But when the dressing is right, the whole meal's better. You know what I mean? Oh, that's good. That's a pretty good one. What about with Vince McMahon? We always try to to talk to Pat, like, hey, what's Vince saying in your ear? What's going on? Like, over the years, has your relationship changed and, like, grown with Vince? Absolutely. The first few times you hear it, I've heard Pat actually refer to it as the voice of God, and it's very apropos because it's got that that gravelly, bassy voice, and it's like it just stops the world when you hear it. But I've been working with with Vince for long enough now that I like to think nine times out of ten, as brilliant of a mind as he is, I'm at least sort of on the train of where his thoughts are. I'm in the neighborhood. I may not be exactly where he wants to be, but I've, I've worked with him long enough and I know how he likes things and that more often than not, I can avoid catastrophe before we even get close to it just because i go okay he's gonna want me to explain this or tell this is important and it might get missed or overlooked so um yeah it's definitely our, our relationships evolved but I, I wouldn't change it for the world man I, I i love doing it man it was one of the reasons why when it was like hey the conversation i didn't know if i was going to get back in the ring i didn't know if i was going to have another run i didn't know what was going to happen how we're what the idea was and then when they were like commentator for smackdown my my literal first thought was well fuck what are they is Corey was Corey fired what are they what, no no, no he, <laughs> oh, it's uh, always a possibility I mean, yeah <laughs> no it's not though at this point because of how goddamn good you are but that was my first thought and then my second thought was like I know from following the business, like Vince likes talking to his commentators. Like Vince, mm-hmm. he was once a commentator. It's his work. It's his show. The commentators are describing the show, setting the tone of the show. So he is very invested in that. And I thought to myself, I'm getting a chance to have a billionaire, one of the greatest minds in the history of entertainment and business, spill his brain through his fucking mouth and directly into my ear. Like I want to be a part of that. And everybody's like, it's going to be terrible. You're gonna, he's gonna, you're gonna hate him or whatever. It's like I, I think I have. Have a, a respect for Vince McMahon when he comes in there like to your point I, didn't, I hadn't thought ahead but when he says it, I'm like oh I know why he wants me like I understand like the why of what he wants to say as opposed to like you know what I mean like I feel like that's a big part of it and that's what it is you're, you're playing a guessing game trying to think of what he is trying to see or what he wants to see and you have to remember Pat we're basically the last line of defense from what's going on in his brain, his vision for his company, for his empire that he built. He sees things happening a certain way. And if they're not happening the way that he wants to see them, or he feels as though something needs to be tweaked or changed, you and me and Cole and Adnan and Byron are the last group of people. We're the last defense 
for him to say, oh, no, no make sure they, they, they understand this. Make sure the fans at home. Oh, so there's a lot of times where we'll say something or you'll hear him tell you something that might not even make sense to you in the, in the moment. But you're going, OK, he sees where this is supposed to be going. He knows. I don't. So, or, you know, we think we do, but that's why when it comes in, it's not like he doesn't trust us or he doesn't believe it's we're the last panic button for him to go. Oh, okay. Uh, Pat, say this. Okay. We saved it. Or, or now, you know, if some, something goes wrong or awry on the show or in the ring to be able to think on the fly and pivot and get, get us back to where we need to go on track. That's all. He, he, we're, we're the last line of defense for his vision. That's awesome to think about. That is going to be my mindset going forward. I've enjoyed it, but you hear people from the past like tell horror stories. They're like, oh, oh well, Pat, you're still new. You'll have a day where you go, I, I might get fired in the middle of the show. It's, it's, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. But you have to realize it's never personal. So like I said, it's all business because his vision is on the line and we're the last ones able to protect it. What's it look like, though, like, hearing how involved he is i know triple h is, has a huge role now what's it look like whenever vince isn't there i listen vince has vince is the sports entertainment industry yeah, he's right? never gonna die are, either that's true that's also true he <laughs> yeah. might outlive all of us i hope there's like a krang contraption from ninja turtles where vince's brain just lives in a robot or something <laughs> i think it would be absolutely awesome imagine um, that thing coming in here but, but Vince has changed and molded the business into his vision. And there will be changes as any business, any major corporation, if something changes, if the CEO, you know, leaves or, or, you know, for whatever reason, there's a change at the top of the mountain. But his impact and the way Vince does things it has been proven to work. So I think the majority of aspects of the business will remain true because it works. There'll be uh, things will get tweaked, things will get changed. Oh, I like this color better. Maybe Monday Night Raw won't be red anymore. Maybe it'll be purple, but it's no still going to be what it is. You know what I mean? Because WWE as a brand is, is getting up there in the in the conversations with Marvel and Disney as far as the amount of content and and the amount of lives it's impacted and and all of that sort of uh, importance. And Vince's stamp is on every bit of it. Nothing has gone out without him signing off on it or putting his stamp on it. So. Yeah, I mean, if in the event he does ever decide to leave us, uh, I think things will be more more true than people think. We are talking to Corey Graves, who's been in WWE. How long? Decade now? More than a decade. I signed in 2011 as a wrestler to FCW, yeah. So this will be 10 years in about October, I think. Yeah, uh, you crazy. You've done everything, by the way, from in the ring to commentating to incredible storytelling to hosting of shows to uh, getting drunk at Penguins games and winning them. <laughs> I, heard I you wasn't drunk. I was just imbibing. <laughs> Yeah, you're vibes. Hey, you wouldn't vibe. And also, you want to be able to breathe the air a little bit, breathe the ice. You take the mask down, go ahead and have a cocktail. You got to do what you got to do, but you get it. Uh, Did you say purple because Plum? Is that why? Because Plum's fucking the best, dude. The greatest of all time. He and I uh, went to schools six minutes from each other. Really? Yeah, yeah. In Pittsburgh. Uh, Ours is obviously the better one. A couple of our teachers have been arrested for doing things you're not supposed to do, and I assume (laughs) the testing scores are not as high at our school as they are at their school, but we are still better than where Corey comes from. All I know, Pat, my only reference is that in, I believe, my junior year of high school, Gateway received the Blue Ribbon School of Excellence. 
And I don't think Plum's ever had that. No, 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 no. We uh, never will either. I don't think. I don't think that's. I don't think it's coming down the pipeline either. But that's what makes us over there, Corey. Uh, go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Corey. Obviously, you know you're a world class, you know, commentator. Has there been any thought to get back in the ring going forward? I. That's an itch that. Uh, will never not need to be scratched in some capacity. You I and Adnan, myself- maybe a tag team, you and Adnan as a team. <laughs> oh, there's me and Cole! You can't just turn it off, man. I mean, it's it's a, I mean, you can even ask Pat. You get in front of uh, the crowds and, and doing what you do and love to do, that part of me will always, you know, need attention. But I've been able to, to focus on any number of other things to kind of satiate my, my thirst, my passion for wrestling. Um, you can always never say never. But, uh, you got forced into commentating, didn't you, way back? It, it kind of happened. I wasn't forced into it. It was more of an opportunity provided to me. But, yeah, I, I got it was WrestleMania 30, the day before WrestleMania 30. And uh, that was the last time I was in a ring competing. And then, uh, yeah, I, the whole retirement thing happened. And Cole, of all people, Michael Cole, said, hey, why don't you give commentary a shot? As a literally a shot in the dark, going, okay, you can't wrestle anymore. Try anything to, to you know, keep employment and lucky for me i landed on my feet yeah i'd say and michael cole probably knew that by the way when he, he's like ah oh, this guy massive smart ass seems to be quick he's from pittsburgh he probably gets it. he's been in the business a long time hey you, incredibly handsome looking goddamn guy hey why don't you come over here and just start talking all of a sudden and michael cole's like we got a guy we got a guy we got a guy we got a guy that's awesome go ahead ty Corey. i assume you don't have time with raw every monday but uh why the hell haven't you been the main character in a wwe film yet what are we doing I, that's a great question you know i'm gonna talk to somebody about that you should? i was in a wwe film as myself i played a role in the main event on netflix uh, which is a, is a lovely fam- family movie. It was a fun experience. Uh, but, no, I agree. I think I need to be a leading man at some point. Tell him you want to maybe, redo maybe the Marine, yeah. the next one. No, well, Miz, Miz got that ACL. He's not going to be able to do it. That's, was that's that the it. one with Courtney Cox's think, husband? David Arquette? Yeah. Was that the movie? What about him? <laughs> that's, that was wasn't in, the movie, uh, right? You weren't in that Ready to one. Rumble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ready to Rumble with Oliver... AJ. Platt. Albert Platt, yeah. AJ, yeah. it's funny you bring up David Arquette because he was actually a part of Nick fucking Gage's uh, Dark Side of the Ring. David Arquette, massive wrestling fan, was WCW champion for a little bit back in the day, was hated by all wrestling fans because of it. It was a promotional thing. He wanted to prove himself as a tough guy wrestler, so he got into a death match with Nick fucking Gage. Who, that's all he did. Uh, and they had dinner the night before. They talked to each other. Hey, we're going to go out there. We're going to do this. Nick said that he asked him like 10 times, like, hey, I'm going to, hey, this is not, fi- like, hey, we're going to bleed tomorrow. This is going to hurt tomorrow. And David Arquette's like, yeah, I want it. I want it or whatever. And then uh, Nick Gage brought out a, a pizza cutter, a, a pizza thing, and just sliced the, his forehead open and oh. then his lips in front of everybody. And then at that moment, I guess it all changed quickly. And I don't know if David's life has ever been the same since, to be honest with you. <laughs> did you do that type of shit? Did you do death matches? I, I did one tour with a company called Big Japan, uh, which is known for death matches. And I did two two deathmatch weapon type uh, and one was in Currican Hall in Japan where I was uh, run over by a man in a wheelchair and some pictures I was hit I was hit by by another man with a child uh, and head or feet yeah yeah the the guy swung a child at me head or feet what hit you oh the the child's feet okay so it was held by the head Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) like a little slugger basically yeah, those things are insane. And obviously, I'd known these existed. 
Uh, we had, you know, hardcore trampoline matches in Plum. I mean, there was a lot of that stuff Ooh. going on. ECW way back in the day, it was insane. Right, we right. talked about Paul Heyman and all that stuff. These death matches, though, I did not know the extent of what they were until I saw that dark side of the ring. D- There's people dying, like, like, like death, like actually, it's insane. Damn. And they go out there and they cut promos and then they just kill each other. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I've never, I've never crossed the uh, threshold into the world of light tubes. That I drew the line at like thumbtacks. I've done the thumbtack thing, oh. and, you know, but but the light tubes little little further than I've I've gone, and I don't foresee that happening behind a commentary table. So, hey, just a quick question. I know everybody on earth and, and we're gonna let you go here soon i know you probably got shit to do and all that stuff but um whenever um have you met your uh father uh, paul van dale oh have i ever yes i'm i'm a big fan paul I, van uh, dale uh, wait until i'm gonna put i didn't know this guy existed okay he did an interview oh. with wwe I, I got a chance to hear it i forgot i did not know that carmella is a second generation wrestler okay i did That's not know right. that Paul Van Dale, PVD, is a legend out of Boston, I guess. Oh, nice. I got to hear this guy talk. He is a lightning rod. How is he not in the Hall of Fame, that guy? He's in the Human Being Hall of Fame. I look forward to weekends and holidays that uh, we get to hang out with one another because he is an endless source of entertainment. and uh, A great, great dude. But, yeah, he he carved the path that uh, Ms. Money in the Bank moonwalked now. So, hey, the moonwalk's still there. Uh, so are you, though, Corey? You're the absolute best. We appreciate you, man. My pleasure, man. You guys got my number anytime. Go, hey, go pens, huh? Let's go. Yes, sir. Let's go pens. Hey, we're gonna swear. Yes. Hey, pens in five, Corey. Pens in five, Corey Graves, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to the show. The fact that you allow us to penetrate your ear holes every single day, we can't thank you enough. A lot happened today, okay? That means big show tomorrow. Big guests tomorrow, big conversation tomorrow. Maybe, I'm not 100% sure to be honest with you, but since you lasted this long, you're a pretty diehard fan. No, tomorrow we're bringing the heat, all right? Bring your fucking heat. Ty, please play some independent music and repel these people into a beautiful Wednesday. We'll see you manana. Cheers.